0: chapters twenty five through twenty seven of the paradise or garden of the holy fathers book two by palladius this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty five of the blessed woman maria there was a certain worldly man who wished to become a monk and he had a little daughter who besought him to take her with him to the monastery now she was a maiden and he entreated her saying if thou wishest to become a nun, let me take thee to a house for virgins. But she said to him, I cannot be separated from thee. And her father, being much distressed about her, because she wept by night and by day, and begged that she might not be separated from him, made up his mind to take her with him. And he changed her name that it might not be known that she was a maiden. Now her name had been Maria, but her father gave her the name mariana as if she had been a boy then he committed the matter to god and took her and went into a monastery without anyone perceiving that mariana was a girl and after several years mariana's father died performing the excellent works of the monastic life now the archmandrite saw that mariana was working hard and was excelling in spiritual excellence and he rejoiced in him not knowing that he was not a boy and he commanded that he should not be sent out on the highways to beg, because he was a child. And the brethren were envious against Marianna, because he did not go out on the highways with them. And when the archmandrake saw that the brethren were envious against Marianna, because he did not go out on the highways as they did, he called Marianna and said unto him, Since the brethren are envious against thee, because thou dost not perform the work on the high roads as they do. I command thee to do so. Then Marianna fell down before the archmandrite, and said unto him, Whatsoever thou commandest me to do, I will do it gladly, O Father. Now the brethren of the monastery wherein lived Marianna, whensoever they went out on the high roads, visited a certain believer, in order to rest a little and to refresh themselves, and since Marianna was sent out, even according to what had been ordered by the Archmandrite, the believing man whom the brethren visited saw him, for he knew all the brethren of the monastery, because he used to go to their monastery continually. And the believing man saw Marianna at the season of evening, and he took him and brought him to his house, so that he might rest there for the night. And the believing man had a daughter, and on the night wherein Marianna stayed with him, a certain man seduced her. And he who had fallen upon her and seduced her, commanded her, saying, If thy father say unto thee, Who is he that hath seduced thee? Say thou unto him, It was Marianna the monk. And as soon as Marianna had departed from them, the father of the maiden knew that his daughter had been seduced. And he asked her, saying, Who hath seduced thee? And she said unto him, Marianna the monk is he who hath seduced me. Then the father of the maiden rose up straightway and went to the monastery, and with tears he spake before the archmandrite and the whole brotherhood, and said, What offense have I committed against you that ye should seduce my daughter? Now, when the archmandrite heard this, he was greatly moved, and he said to him, What sayest thou who hath seduced thy daughter? Tell me who he is, that I may expel him from the monastery forthwith. And the man said unto him, It is Marianna who has seduced my daughter. Then the archmandrite commanded that Marianna should be called, so that he might go forth from the monastery. But having been sought for throughout all the building, Marianna could not be found. And then they knew that he was out on a journey for the monastery. And the archmandrite said unto the father of the maiden, There is nothing further which I can do except this. When Marianna returneth from the highway, I will not allow him to enter the monastery. And he gave orders to all the brethren of the monastery, saying, When Marianna returns, he is not to be allowed to enter the monastery. And when Marianna came back from the road, they would not allow him to enter the monastery. And he wept at the door thereof, and said, What is my offense, that I am not permitted to enter the monastery. Then the doorkeeper said to him, Thou art not permitted to enter, because thou hast seduced the daughter of the believing man whom the monks visit. And Marianna entreated the doorkeeper, saying, For the Lord's sake go in and persuade the archmandrite to permit me to enter the monastery, and whatsoever he ordereth me to do, because of my fall I will do. So the doorkeeper went in and told the archmandrite, everything which marianna had said and the archmandrite said to him go and tell marianna because thou hast done this thing thou shalt never see my face again get thee gone to whatsoever place thou pleasest when marianna heard these things he was greatly afflicted and he sat by the door of the monastery night and day and wept because of what had happened to him and he besought those who went in and those who came out to entreat the archmandrite On his behalf, and although very many folk did so, and begged him to let Marianna come into the monastery, the archmandrite would not be persuaded to do so. And after the maiden through whom Marianna had been trodden in the dust had given birth to her child, her father took the boy to whom his daughter had given birth, and brought it to Marianna, and said unto him, Behold, here is thy son, take him and rear him. And Marianna took the child, saying, Glory be to God, who can endure and bear with sinners like myself. And each day he took the child and went up the mountain to the goats of the monastery and suckled him with goat's milk. And when the child was suckled, Marianna returned to the door of the monastery. Now he never left the door of the monastery, except when he went to give the child milk, and he besought those who went in and those who came out with tears to unite with him in making supplication to god to forgive him his sin and he sat by the door of the monastery for four years and tears were never absent from his eyes neither by night nor by day and every one heard the sound of his weeping was grieved for his sake now after marianna had suffered affliction by the door of the monastery for four years and had shown the child to every man, saying, Pray ye for me, for I fell into fornication, and this child is the result thereof. God moved the mind of the Archmandrite to bring Marianna into the monastery, for his mercy was revealed upon him, and he commanded the Archmandrite to bring Marianna in. And as soon as Marianna heard that they were going to bring him into the monastery from the man who told him about it beforehand, He rose up straightway, and fell down before the Lord, and said, Glory be to thee, O Lord, who hath not been unmindful of such a great sinner as I am. I give thanks unto thee for all the goodness which thou hast shown unto me. What have I to give unto thee in return therefore? For thou hast brought me into the monastery, by the door of which I had decided in my mind that I must die. And as soon as those who had been sent to bring Marianna into the monastery had done so, Marianna fell down before the archmandrite and before the whole brotherhood of the monastery. Now he was carrying the child and was weeping and sighing and moaning. And he said unto them, Forgive ye me, O masters and fathers, for I have angered God with my evil works, and you I have greatly afflicted. But pray for me that God may forgive me the fall wherewith I fell, and after many years, Marianna, having prevailed mightily in the great labors of spiritual excellence, delivered his soul to our Lord and None of the brethren had ever seen him laugh or smile. On the contrary, he mourned all the days of his life, and when he was dead, the brethren drew nigh to anoint him with oil, according to the custom and Then they saw that Marianna was a woman. Then the brethren ran quickly and called the man who had made the accusation against Marianna. And when he had come and seen her, great wonder laid hold upon him. And he besought God to forgive him the great sin and wrong which he had done to Marianna. And all those who heard and saw this glorified God, that his saints fight so bravely for his name's sake. Chapter 26 THE HISTORY OF A CERTAIN SAGE, AND OF THE WATCHING OF THE MIND. THERE WAS A CERTAIN OLD MAN WHO LIVED IN HIS CELL, AND PERFORMED MIGHTY ASCETIC WORKS, AND WHO WHENSOEVER THE BRETHREN OF THE CELLS WERE GATHERED TOGETHER FOR THE VIGIL OF THE FIRST DAY OF THE WEEK, WOULD COME TO THE GENERAL ASSEMBLY, AND WOULD ACT IN SUCH A WAY AS TO MAKE THE BRETHREN DESPISE HIM. AND INDEED THEY REGARDED HIM AS A MAN WHO HAD GONE OUT OF HIS SENSES, although he did everything with discretion now god the good and compassionate did not wish the labors of the old man to be hidden but he revealed and made known some of them for the benefit of the community and he sent angels who were in the forms of rich and honorable men to the priest of the cells and they came and saluted him and when the priest saw them he ran forward to meet them for he thought that they who appeared to him were great and wealthy men. And he rose up immediately and saluted them. And after they had sat down and had held some converse with the old man, they besought him, saying, O Father, we beg of thee to allow us to go round the cells, that we may be blessed by the fathers. And he accepted their petition, and permitted them to do whatsoever they wished. And they asked him to send to them one of the brethren, Then the priest called one of the brethren, and commanded him to go with them. And beckoning him aside, he said unto him secretly, Take heed, lest thou take them to the cell of that mad old man. For when they see that he hath lost his reason, they will be sorry they have met him. And when they had come out to go to the cells, the honorable men fell down before the priest of the cells, and said unto him, O Father, give our brother orders to take us to see all the fathers. And the priest said unto them, I have commanded him to take you to them all. And having gone to the fathers of the cells and visited them, they returned to the priest in his cell. And he said unto them, Are ye gratified now that ye have seen the fathers? And they said unto him, O Father, we are gratified, but we are sorry about one thing, that is to say, because thou didst command the brother who went with us that we should not see all the fathers. Then the priest called the brother who had gone with them, and said in their presence, Did I not tell thee to take the brethren to all the cells? And the brother said, Yea, father, thou didst tell me to do so, and I took them to all the cells, and they have seen all the brethren. Then the honorable men said to the priest, Forgive us, father, but there are some fathers whom we have not seen, and we are greatly grieved thereat, but say a prayer on our behalf, so that we may depart. And after the priest had prayed over them, and they had departed from him, he called the brother who had gone with them, and said unto him, How did these men know what I ordered thee to do? Didst thou perchance reveal it unto them? And the brother made repentance, and said, Forgive me, father, but I did not reveal thy orders unto them. Then the priest knew that the matter was from God, and he rose up straightway and went to that old man whom he thought to be out of his mind, and he fell down on his face before him, and laid hold upon his feet, and besought him to reveal unto him his ascetic works and labors. And he swore to the old man that he would not rise up from the ground, and would not let go his hold upon him until he had done so, saying to the old man likewise, that I should come to thee, and that thou shouldest reveal thy labors unto me, are matters from God. Now the old man was unwilling to reveal his works, because he did not wish to be held in honor because of them. Nevertheless, he was compelled to do so, because the priest had told him that the matter was from God. and he promised the priest to reveal unto him one thing. When the priest heard the promise of the old man, he rose up from the ground, and seeing the old man in a gentle and tranquil frame of mind, he marveled because he had never before seen him as he was at that moment then the old man said unto the priest depart o father i did not know that i did even one good thing but of such things which i have the following is one i have by my side two baskets one on my right hand and one on my left for every good thought which springeth up in my mind I take a pebble and throw it into the basket which is on my right hand. And for every hateful thought which riseth up in me, I also take a pebble and throw it into the basket which is on my left. And this I do every day, and when the time for the evening meal hath arrived, I take out the pebbles and count them. And if the number of those which are in the basket of good thoughts on my right hand do not exceed those in the basket of evil thoughts, on my left hand, I do not take any supper that evening. But if they do exceed, then I eat and rejoice. For sometimes it happeneth that several days pass without my eating at all, because the pebbles of the good deeds do not exceed in number the pebbles of the bad ones. And whensoever an abominable thought cometh to me, I pass judgment on myself, and say, Take heed, for thou wilt not eat to-day. And having heard these things, the priest praised God, the Lord of the universe, and he marveled how the old man could perform such works of righteousness, and yet keep them hidden from every man. Chapter 27. Of the two brothers who dwelt in a Persian monastery, a certain history, which is full of pain and profit, O my beloved, came to me by chance, that is to say, through conversation and speech with the brethren. And I have thought much about it and have determined that it is right for me to narrate it and to set it down in writing so that many from the reading of the same may acquire spiritual profits and may watch against enmity and may not have bitter hatred of one another for any reason whatsoever and that each of us may be at peace with the other and so that each of us may forgive the other any cause for murmuring or angering and may remember the words of our Lord and God and Redeemer Jesus Christ. There were two brethren who dwelt in one abode in a certain Persian monastery, and it happened that one of them had cause for dispute with the other, and they separated, each from the other, the one leaving the monastery altogether, and the other remaining in the abode wherein they had lived hitherto. And it came to pass that he who remained behind was seized, and bound, and shut up in prison for giving testimony concerning our Lord. And he was brought before the judge, and was questioned by him once, twice, and a third time, And he bore severe stripes, and did not deny Christ, and he was again fast bound in the prison house. And when his companion heard this, he repented in his soul, and thought, It is right that I should go and be reconciled with my brother, for perhaps through his testimony, which he persisteth in giving, he may depart from the world and go away, each of us keeping wrath against the other. And through this we both shall suffer no small loss and probably I more than he. And when the brother had merited thus, he came to the prison, and inquired for his companion, who was imprisoned there. And he went into his presence, and fell down at his feet, and besought and entreated him to be reconciled to him. But the brother who was in fetters would not be persuaded to do this, and continued in his wrathful condition. And when the brother saw this, he left him, and departed in sorrow. And on the following day, the judge commanded, and they brought in before him the man who was bound and in prison. And he asked him if he would be persuaded to deny his God and to worship the Son. And he would not agree to do either. And the judge gave orders that he was to be laid out and beaten, and to be smitten with rods. And when they had laid him out, and the strokes were being laid on by two men at a time, he denied Christ. Now when the judge saw this, he commanded the men to stop beating him, and called him to him, and asked him saying what aileth thee i caused thee to bear severe stripes on three previous occasions and thou wast neither overcome nor didst play the coward's part and yet now whilst they are coming near thee thou didst deny thy god and the brother said i have acted thus because i have sinned and treated with contempt the commandments of the lord my god who commanded us to forgive each his offences i had once a brother in our lord and we lived together in one monastery, and it happened that some cause for anger rose up between us, and we separated from each other in enmity. Yesterday he came to me in prison, and fell down before me, and begged for peace from me, and I would not consent to be reconciled unto him, and therefore the goodness of God was cut off from me, and he did not help me this day as he hath always done before, and I denied him. During the stripes which I received formerly, I used to see him spread out about a hand's breadth above me and he did not permit me to suffer but the day he forsook me and at a small amount of pain I was terrified and denied him now when the judge had heard these things from him he commanded that his fetters should be loosed from off him and that he should be dismissed and the brother feeling disgrace and shame at the fall which had come upon him went forth from the presence of the judge and directed his way straight to his companion and he fell down on his face at his feet and wept and cried bitterly and entreated for mercy and peace and when his companion looked upon him he also suffered great grief and he received him and they were reconciled and he prayed for him and though the thing was bitter to him they separated one from the other then the brother who had denied god straightway returned to the door of the judge And he began to cry out and curse the king, so that they might again bring him before the judge for examination. But the judge did not wish to say anything to him. And when the brother saw this, he departed from thence, and through penitence and grief for what had happened to him, and also through the pain and anguish of his soul, he threw himself, body and soul, into a fire temple, and he began to cast dust and everything else which came into his hands on the fire. And he cursed the king mightily, saying, God will receive those who have been tripped up and have fallen, if they repent and turn unto him. And he departed from thence also, and he wandered about and went hither and thither, and he threw stones at every magician or pagan whom he met, and he never ceased from aviling the king. And he never ceased or kept silent concerning the compassion of our Lord, which is laid out for those who repent. And he cried out, saying, Verily, there is no God except our Lord Jesus Christ, although I, through my sins and my negligence of his mercy, have denied him. Now when the judge heard these things, he feared lest he would suffer a penalty and be condemned to death as one who had heard the king reviled and had been neglectful. And straightway he sent forth a decree concerning him and ordered that his head should be cut off quickly with the sword, and when they had seized the monk and had taken him outside the city he cried out with a loud voice and said blessed art thou o our lord jesus christ for ten thousand times ten thousand sins are too few for thy mercy to forgive in one hour and having said this they made him kneel down and he was smitten by the sword and received mercy glory be to the power who maketh strong his saints to do his will and may we have mercy shown unto us through their prayers, for ever and ever. Amen. End of chapters 25 through 27.